1: I never want to just run business
2: just for money. I think it, it humbles you in a sense, but it also,
1: for me personally, it gives me like the passion to do more. Ernesto and Brent, they are what are called lions. They're the ones that just will just go and attack things and just go full on, full throttle. You know, social
2: housing is, is being able to connect people that maybe didn't have a, a chance to make
1: it in a regular society. I've learned so much from Ernesto and from Brent, you know, and the, the way that they operate, that it's, it's strengthened my weaknesses as a result.
2: I think, I think the most powerful thing that somebody can do is try to uplift themselves and uplift the person next to them.
0: Today's people of purpose are Ernesto Gerardo and Joe Lamb. Ernesto started real estate investing at a young age as he watches parents buy, fix and hold properties throughout Los Angeles County. They had Section 8 tenants and market-based tenants and that showed them how to start projects from rehab to rent. After that, Ernesto owned a martial arts gym in Pomona where he successfully trained kids and fighters, but because he had a negative partner, he decided to sell the business. Then he started back in real estate where he met Joe and Brent and Shining Light Housing was born. Joe Lamb is an eight-time award-winning filmmaker, author, and entrepreneur. He started his first company, Shining Light Pictures, a video production business that's produced transformational films, promos, and documentaries for clients such as American Red Cross, United Way, California Highway Patrol, and Rotary Club, to name a few. Joe first began investing in real estate with his parents and brother, buying land and building a multi-unit vacation retreat in Thailand called Village Green Retreat and Café. With the desire to make long-lasting and sustainable impact in the opioid crisis facing the U.S., Joe has formed Shining Light Housing with his partners Ernesto and Brent Trotter. Now, they own properties in Los Angeles County and work with government and nonprofit organizations to provide sober living homes for people in drug and alcohol recovery. Over the years, Joe has supported numerous charities for children, abused women, and homeless shelters as a way to make a positive impact on society he plans to donate a portion of the proceeds earned through Shining Light Housing to charitable causes. Together, alongside their partner, Brent, their mission is to provide safe, drug-free, and structured housing for people in recovery. Getting to talk to Ernesto and Joe was such a great experience. They bring such a wealth of knowledge and information across so many domains that it's really impressive that they have this kind of bond and partnership that's doing something so good in the world through such a unique medium as like social housing. They both come from backgrounds of running businesses, their families that run businesses. Um, and in those respects, I, I feel a little bit jealous that they have that sort of opportunity to grow up watching entrepreneurship because it's really allowed them to flourish in their own right when they've become entrepreneurs. I got to meet Joe and Ernesto at a couple different real estate symposiums in the US, primarily in Las Vegas was the last one in the fall of 2019, and we just really hit it off right away. We are young people doing real estate investing on a pretty much full-time basis, and the way that they're doing investing is really interesting to me because they're doing something that blends getting financially free with chasing like such a purposeful endeavor. They're helping people to get sober, to remain drug and alcohol free, and that's just really admirable in my opinion. I think inside the episode what they said about their partnership and how it formed and how they hold each other accountable there's so many things to learn from that and then how they also work within the communities themselves to help the community uplift themselves and the people around them to be able to create like such a culture of sober living and being on just a new path i think what they're doing is such a good model for blending business and purpose that it's really admirable, and I just love this notion that they talk about near the end of the interview about wanting to be the action hero of your own movie. I think the more and more I think about that, the more I feel inspired and compelled to do something extremely great in the world and really know that I'm creating something that's brand new and never before seen, and people will experience that creation. And I think Joe and Ernesto are really aware of that, and it's just really cool to get to experience a little bit of what they're doing through this interview. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Joe and Ernesto are wonderful people and really explain uh, what they're doing in such a clear, concise way that feels very inclusive. So if you want to tap into what they're doing, definitely follow them on their Instagram channel and their hashtag Shining And let's find a new way of doing business and doing real estate that's a lot more purposeful. I hope you enjoy this interview with today's people of purpose, Joe Lamb and Ernesto Gerardo. Hello, Joe and Ernesto. Thank you for joining me today on People of Purpose podcast. Super excited to talk to both of you LA brothers. I'm out here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Um, It's really cool to kind of come full circle right now because you guys just met with me in Thailand about six, seven weeks ago. Um, And that's kind of where I started to really learn who you were and kind of get a sense of your purpose in real estate. And I just feel a lot of synchronicity and overlap with what you guys are doing I'm also in a three-person um, business partner relationship doing real estate. I also do stuff directly on purpose with the People of Purpose podcast and the products and services that we have. Um, I just like really, really excited to learn from you guys. Um, I think in, in many ways you're a couple steps ahead of me in the real estate journey, um, and I know you guys got a lot to share today. So thank you for making your, the time for this, and I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for thank you for inviting us, Tanner.
0: Yeah, thank you. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> and I know you have a third business partner, Brent, but he was unable to make it. So we'll make sure to bring him here in spirit. For sure. Next time in episode two. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I met you guys. Um, I think I met Joe mostly when I was in L.A. Uh, just or when I was in Vegas, actually, just before leaving for Thailand in October. And you guys are doing social housing in L.A., Um, I guess my backstory into this whole world is that I signed up for a real estate course um, about a year ago, a little bit less than that. And I've gone on this amazing journey, going to conferences and um, seminars and having mentorships and now having business partnerships and flipping houses. And we're about to buy a mobile home park. There's just a lot of new stuff going on in my life. And both of you guys come from this background of real estate. You have families that have done it. You've invested alongside your family. But then even before that, you have other backgrounds too. Um, so it's just really cool to see how you've infused purpose and family and passion kind of all into what you're doing right now. So I just kind of like wanted to start off with you guys explaining what is your purpose around real estate right now? And, and maybe Joe can share the, the really wonderful origin story to Shining Light Housing. Well, Ernesto, you wanna start? Uh,
2: sure, I'm, um, so my, beginning in the journey of real estate really started at a young age with my parents my parents started purchasing and renovating homes uh, throughout southern california echo park west covina covina area and during that time i had the benefit of learning hands-on um whether i wanted to or not how to uh you know uh, paint how to change flooring how to do tile work how to do a number of things in the rehab process of the house, Tom, and even going into more intricate things like dealing with contractors, price checking, um, all these things laid the the foundation for what we have now um, as we are in uh, shiny light housing and we're able to look at different types of deals, different types of properties um, with a different type of mindset than most people I think might have because I have that years and years of experience not only that, but the first property that I had ever bought, I was about 22 years old. Um, I had bought it at the end of, uh, actually, it was about 2010 in the, in the beginning of the year. I think it was March or April. And it was a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house in West Covina that was on a short sale, actually. Um, and I purchased it and renovated it, and it. It needed a lot of cosmetic stuff. Um, some value added to it, like we added a porch, we added a laundry room, some different things, and we ended up being able to sell that property just a few years later, and it almost doubled in appreciation. So I saw the power of real estate from very a very early age. Um, also, the um, my parents in particular had um, different types of people living in their homes. They had Section Eight tenants. They had market based tenants so i get it i got to see the the management side of that the checking out the backgrounds for the different types of residents um that side of it um and then also um you know just being able to to know how to negotiate sales marketing all those very key things that you learn all stemmed from being very very young very early so that's how I got started in the the marketing space for real estate and and just in real estate in general.
0: Wow. That was very cool. I love the, all the connections with the family there Um, and then being able to kind of do it where you, where you already are home. Um, And then I'm sure you learned so many things that you probably don't even have full awareness of at the moment, business savviness and things like this, trust, working with people. How about you, Joe?
1: Yeah, for me, I have relatives that have been doing real estate for decades and I've seen that they've done well with it. And I would go to seminars, you know, or over the, the last decade. And I'd buy some of the programs. And for some reason, I just would not get started. And my industry, film and video, is very erratic. You have to constantly, it's almost like being freelance, looking for the next job, the next job, the next job, the next music video, or documentary, or film, or promo, or commercial. It's a constant grind. And I saw the people in real estate at these seminars. And they're always at ease and relaxed and well off and financially free. And no, I, I always one day I need to do that, <laughs> you know, there's, because there's, you know, I'm in the grind and they're, you know, just spreading their wings, you know, and um, but over the years, every time I went to a seminar and I buy the packages, I would read it and study it, you know, talk to people about it. I would never take action. And I had to ask myself, why am I not really taking action on this? And it wasn't until I went to the Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar, where I met Ernesto and Brent, our other partner, where they were teaching a course that's called Social Housing for Good. And that's where it deals with sober living, uh, homes for veterans, abused women, uh, seniors. And that really opened my eyes. And I said, wow, because I would love to do some good at the same time doing real estate, because I don't want to just run a business. And I've run several businesses. Never want to just run business just for money. Now, yes, of course, serving serving clients, serving customers is great. But I wanted to also make an impact in society, and so that's when I decided to jump on board. And then, you know, we formed a partnership together to form Shining Light Housing to benefit the community, to uplift it, and really fight the opioid crisis that's really sweeping our country right now.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. Can you speak about the opioid crisis and kind of your personal relationship with it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a friend when I was uh, in junior high and at age 16, he left for Vegas. He was the type of kid that was very artistic, but a little bit wild and crazy, would get into fights And uh, just didn't have the right direction and, I guess, the right upbringing in terms of a family structure. And when he went to Vegas, because his mom moved there, he got into all sorts of drugs. I mean, it was like crack, cocaine, heroin, meth. I mean, you name it. And to this day, I don't know if he's alive or dead. And that's the reason why I wanted to get into social housing. It's really because of him. And also, I had an employee once, two years into it. She was a great employee, but I found out she was a heroin addict. And I was shocked and it crushed me. And I tried to help her personally, coaching her, but I couldn't do it. And um, so that's where the social housing comes in. You know, a system that I found and when I researched actually works to help people.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you have both found a venture that obviously makes money. It's very time tested, you know, real estate. But you've paired it with purpose. And I think that's, that's the reason I'm having you on the show is because I want to really show that no matter what people do, um, in their business, they can always access purpose. And I see that you guys have really oriented yourselves with purpose as a a focus and a priority and the real estate, like, you know, investing and profit side, um, is alongside that it's not first necessarily. And I, I really respect what you guys are doing with that. And I just want to echo like how you, Joe, you said that you couldn't take action, couldn't take action, couldn't take action until you could link the purpose part to it is what I'm hearing you say. So that's really right. wonderful that, that you discovered that. What is it about the social housing that you think feels so purposeful to you? And maybe just in general, what is social housing?
1: Well, social housing covers a lot of areas. Like I said, you know, veterans, senior, uh, it, it even covers uh, density housing, which is short-term rentals, which we do that as well. You know, um, Because depending on the property and the market and the location, the type of home it is, but to me, the reason why it works for me, and I think our, our company, Shining Light Housing, is because it, there's a vision there that's greater than us. And that, you know, when Ernesto and, you know, he can speak on this, and, and Brent, is that, um, you know, when I told them about it, I think it really inspired them, you know, to jump on board and all, all of us formed this company because we were doing separate things at first in the real estate space. You know, one person wanted to just do apartments, one wanted to do, um, mobile homes. And, you know, I want to do social housing. So eventually we just combined everything together and we have different strengths and weaknesses. And that overriding vision, I think, helps us through the difficult times as well, because real estate is not an easy business.
0: Yeah. Ernesto, what is it about kind of Joe's entry point and, and social housing as well that, that attracted you to want to go into partnership and want to form Shining light housing as you know, a, a real, a true partnership?
2: Uh, so something very similar to Joe's story um, is that I had somebody that was very close to me. He was essentially like my little brother. He was actually my younger cousin, um, and we shared many summers together. Uh, our, our He was basically, like I said, my little brother. I mean, um, we've taught him to ski. We taught him to ride a bike, to him camping, and he had a, a pill problem, and he ended up overdosing on too many pills. Um and through, through meeting uh, the people at, uh, at the Rich Dad Poor Dad Seminar, uh, Joe and Brent, and and developing or, or finding out about this new concept called social housing, that was one of the things that was said, oh, okay, if I can find a way to make people with money interested in investing in this because uh, they could get a return or whatever, um, but also doing the social good, then it puts the best of both worlds together. People with money that want to look for housing and help other people and people that need to be helped. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to acting, acting as a conduit to that. Um, you know, one of my interests in joining elite was to doing and, and rich dad, poor dad was to do um, commercial property, like commercial apartments. That was my main interest because I had already done the flipping. I had already done wholesaling section eight rehabs. So I was very familiar with that side of it, but the, the commercial side of it—that's um, what I really went for, and it ended up turning into the social housing and meeting Joe and meeting Brent, and that's um, primarily where our focus has been the last year.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So I wanted to break down each of your stories individually a little bit more. I know that you didn't just hop into your purpose right away. Um, so I wanted to like kind of get your insights and, and find you know relatable ways in which you maybe struggled with your path of purpose and how you started to transition into it. Because I know a lot of people that listen to people of purpose are in that phase where they, they've said, all right, purpose is something I really care about. I want to put it at the forefront. I see that it's kind of the precursor to all of my successes. But how do I actually transition into it? And you guys clearly have. So could you go back a little bit, Ernesto, and kind of share about um, how you kind of went through your martial arts gym and, and what this negative partnership did um, to maybe take you away from your purpose and how it ultimately propelled you into your purpose?
2: Yeah, so so I purchased a gym um, towards the beginning of 2018 after I had sold my house that had doubled in appreciation. Um, I purchased that gym and I thought to myself, oh, okay, you know, through this, I'm going to be able to live the dream, right? I'm going to have a business, doing something I'm passionate about, teaching fighters, teaching children, um, You know, it was a martial art that I love and I still love. So today I still practice. Um, So when I went into the business, I had very little business knowledge um, because most of my business knowledge had come from real estate, but not actually brick and mortar business, retail business. So um, I always had sales jobs. I always had communication jobs. So that was not the difficult part. The difficult part was I didn't understand like the tax structures. I didn't understand how certain partnerships, LLCs should work. Um, tax codes, different things like that, day-to-day operations. I wasn't aware of, and I was trusting this person fully uh, who was somebody that I thought was a close friend and that I thought knew what they were doing in running the business, but it turned out that I actually really didn't know what they were doing at all. And I think till this day, you know, he's he's failed at the gym and he ended up selling the gym. So um, I don't even know what's going on with that anymore. Um, but I had to transition into learning more so that's part of the reason why i went to the rich dad seminar and the rich dad poor dad group was to learn more about the business day-to-day operations Um, and i really fell back on my real estate knowledge because it's something that i can communicate and i can leverage the knowledge that i previously had into a new business venture so i already understood half of what they were talking about and i wanted to learn the other half so that's why um, i went into the rich dad poor dad that's how i met joe Um, and that's what gave me more purpose because, um, even though now I was almost combining two of the things I really liked, like finding an art and teaching people right through social housing, but also real estate, which I was already familiar with. So it was like the combination of two great things. Um, you know, I I get to help people and teach them about even now other people that I've met throughout, um, the rich, that poor Yad seminars, the elite symposiums, it's called elite legacy. Um. I've helped people that were young, brand new, started, have, don't know how to make a phone call. I've taught people how to make phone calls. I've run scripts with people. I've, I've explained to people how to get financing, how to do a wholesale contract, how to examine your fixing and flip property because I know how to do all those things. So I've, I've definitely paid it forward um, and continue to pay it forward. Um, so that's, that's how I, I mixed all three of these together to find my purpose is to help uh, coach people as much as i possibly can throughout these these situations where you know it's not easy being an entrepreneur and, and people need help
0: yeah and i can give some testimony to that too like you have been a very valuable advisor and coach in, in some small ways to me as well um, being someone that doesn't have any family that comes from entrepreneurship and has, doesn't know anything about real estate i've had to figure out a lot of this myself so it's been really great to have you, if you kind of be a thought partner every now and then show me some of the ways you fundraise capital and what you do to put together a proposal for investors and so forth. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Oh, for sure. Anytime. (laughs) I'm always going to help anybody. I like, I like to help.
2: I like to, I like to make it click for other people, you know?
0: (laughs) And then like one more thing I noticed in your personal bio is you talked about, um, you identified as a world traveler. Could you briefly speak on the power of world traveling and kind of uncovering your purpose? Uh, so
2: so during the time when I, when I wanted to own the gym, I, I moved to Thailand for a short while. And I was living in Bangkok and Phuket, and training at the different gyms. More, this is Muay Thai. My gym was a Muay Thai-based system. Um, and so I, w- I would travel and I got to see different cultures. The way they appreciated things was totally different from the American style lifestyle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would go to like South America or to the Caribbean. I've been to pretty much every country in the Caribbean, uh, Colombia, Mexico. Um, a few different places, and, and you just get to see what they really care about. It's so much more different than mm. what Americans care about or what each other care about. And um, I think it, it humbles you in a sense, but it also, for me personally, it gives me like that passion to do more and to be better and and to be a connecting a connector. If I could connect those two worlds, if I can be an instructor and teach people how to sell, how to market. How to examine a deal, how to do all those things, then it doesn't matter where you come from, those skills will transition over so um being a world traveler is def- definitely humbling um and it's also great to connect with other people that that share different values with you and and you know you get to take your take yourself away from you know being a business person all the time and you can appreciate the little things
0: Wow, I love it, the way you put that man that is so <laughs> so perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. I just yeah echo all of that. That, that's truth right there. Same for me. I'm living in Thailand right now. I just got married to a Thai wife. So I obviously understand what you're, what you're speaking about. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's definitely helping. It's helped me a lot in business to have this mindset of like, more like, I'm a, I'm a servant leader right now. How can I be better to my employees? And how can I like create high quality training content? How can I ask that seller of the house what exactly it is that they need and find ways to, to give value that's maybe more creative than just more money or something like this. So it's been really nice to like infuse kind of this more communal, like heart-centered approach to living um, into real estate and yeah. the podcast too. And, kind of,
2: and that whole sentiment kind of carries over to exactly what, shine, what social housing is. You know, Social housing is, is being able to connect people that maybe didn't have a, a chance to make it in a regular society, but now through you know, creative means, you're able to create a, a, a healing ecosystem um, that's sustainable, that, that helps people and, and brings them back to, to society and brings them back from a dark place they might have been.
0: Yeah. Wow. We'll go into that in a bit, but at first, I want to hear Joe's story now. Thank you so much for sharing, Ernesto. So, So, Joe, you have quite a different story than Ernesto, but also just as powerful, you have this whole side of you as well about living in Thailand and having family from Thailand and investing in Thailand. Could you speak a little bit about how your journey of purpose kind of began for you? Were there points where you felt a little bit more lost and how did you transition into finding your purpose to where you're now fulfilling your purpose in pretty much every area of your life?
1: Yeah, I think before just running a business was trying to figure out just being in survival mode. (laughs) <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, that's essentially what it is, um, and because you're constantly you're taking meetings and you're hoping to get the job, and maybe every out of every three or four meetings you you get the job from the client. And um, so what what also happened at a certain point was uh, my dad was running a, a family business with my mom and my brother. And he really needed help. He wanted me to take over it so he could semi-retire in Thailand. And I had said no several times. And the fifth time he asked me, there was something different in his voice. And, and so I decided to accept it. And I left my job as a video producer um, and became full-time running this family business of health products. And so that became a purpose for several years. And it was fulfilling because I was helping my parents and so they could live the good life in, in Thailand and semi-retire, like I said. Uh, but it got to a point when when they no longer really needed the business, they were financially free. I felt like my purpose was gone in the, in the business. And he said, well, why am I still here? You know, and I was struggling with that. And, you know, so we had also parlayed, you know, some of the profits from the business into property in Thailand. We bought land. And we started to build a vacation retreat there. This is in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And it gave my parents more of a sense of purpose, you know. But at the same time, I was I started to feel like I was lacking. And so that's when I reached a point when I I reached out essentially to what you call God, the universe, creator. And I said, put me where I need it most. And I said, whatever it is, you know, I'll I'll do it, but at least have me enjoy it and have me make a, an impact that can last long after I'm gone. And so I think that's what brought me really to the real estate and the social housing aspect of it. And ever since I've, I've made that declaration, I mean, my life has changed dramatically for the better. I'm so much more fulfilled and excited about what I'm doing. Whereas before it was just, I was in survival mode, just, just chasing money or just chasing jobs. Now, I still love film and filmmaking, but even that area I've actually refined and stopped a lot of the video jobs that I used to do because I found it wasn't fulfilling. And now I'm really going after making purpose and meaning in the films and documentaries that I'm creating as well.
0: Wow. That's a wonderful story. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that that will land with a lot of people that listening right now, um, having this family kind of set you up with with what you need to do um, and you're fortunate to have a family that does something purposeful for business. Um, others of us just have to run something like uh, that doesn't feel purposeful, but just kind of puts food on the table. Um, but then you you said this wasn't enough. You needed to do something that was personal in your purpose. Um, and so just really commend you for how you kind of put up that offering or that prayer um, and you've just put yourself in that position to receive. And I think that's, you know, a really common um you know, successful way to be able to jump into your purpose is to just say, "I surrender." I know that I want to live more purposefully. Show me the way. Yeah, it's really wonderful you did that. Um, and then I wanted to break down the film stuff a little bit more. I think it's super interesting that you, you know, you're an award-winning filmmaker. Um, that's that's a little bit rare alongside of a real estate investor. So, can you share a little bit about how you find your purpose through film and how that kind of you know, parlays into your other businesses? Yeah, my first business was just called Shining Light Pictures. I would take on jobs that,
1: that, of course, had meaning and purpose. And it was on the long lines of clients such as the American Red Cross, the United Way, Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, things like that, and that I felt that I could bring the heart and humanity to promote their cause. Uh, I wasn't so excited about doing commercials and promo videos just to sell products. I always needed to tie that aspect into it. And so even with the documentaries that I've worked on, uh, my focus has actually been uh, to create a transformation, whether it's at an individual level or a societal level. Hmm. Because of that, once you have transformation, once you create a transformation in the viewer, what happens is they are never the same after that. And it's the same thing that what we're doing with social housing you know once once people come in are coming into our homes and they stay clean and they stay sober, they are transformed at a certain level, and the goal is to sustain it that way so any way to advance and uplift and awaken humanity i mean I know I'm using some big words here, but that is that is what I want to focus on and having those parameters helps me choose the projects and even choose the properties you know in in film and in real estate to to pursue
0: wow. That's amazing. So, let's talk about your real estate and your social housing and shining light housing now, because that's kind of you know the purpose of, of why we're all here right now together, um, and and continue to have that frame about how that accesses your purpose or how it allows you to fulfill your purpose. So, what's it like to run a sober sober living home, and why do you choose to focus on that? How does it have a, a true business model to it? How does it have a what is the purpose model to it? Just you take this question how you want.
1: Well, I think, first off, I have to say it's not for everyone. When some people hear about it and, and they see the benefits of it, how you can actually cash flow more than uh, most properties, because a lot of properties in Los Angeles, in our area, they don't cash flow, you just break even, and people are investing for equity and appreciation. I, I tell people like, honestly, don't get into it. And it's a challenge that I put up, I say, don't do it. You know, The main reason why I say to people don't do it is because unless you have the heart for the people who are in drug and alcohol recovery, specifically for us, which is sober living homes, and of course we do other aspects as well, but you know that's my main focus. Uh, what can happen is people can lose sight of it and they can just focus on the profits because there's so many homes where people have started a sober living home but what ended up is they would stack the homes with so many more people mm-hmm. and the drugs come in and the standards aren't kept and it becomes a drug home then because the investor has lost sight and they're just thinking of the profits. They, st- they just see all the numbers going up. With our partnership, myself, Ernesto and Brent, we're able to have like a check and- checks and balances system. So that doesn't get out of hand. You know, because some of us are more of the heart. Some of us are more of the mind. Some of us are more of uh, the analytical. Some of us are more uh, on the creative side, you know, and we all complement each other. But sometimes when you just have one investor, and again, they can just veer out the path and no one's checking after them, then the sober living home can turn into a negative.
0: Wow, that's a really good point. And I, I really respect the way that you, in a way, you're humbling yourself. You say that it takes a certain type of person who's willing to step up and say, I'm, I'm taking social responsibility for what's going on here. It's much more than just a profit making enterprise. It's about people's lives and it's a vulnerable population as well. So you have to be really intentional and mindful about how you navigate difficulties and challenges and you have to have systems around that. Um, and I'm sure that there's tons of bureaucratic stuff you have to deal with around um, you know, public funding and You know all these sort of nonprofits you might be working with and stuff. So yeah, thank you for being able to like have that caveat, Um, Ernest. What's your take on social housing? Um, Any any advice along those lines that Joe is speaking about? How how does social housing help you access your sense of purpose and still have you know a viable business model?
2: So being that I had a background in teaching martial arts, uh, that gave me a really good purpose because. I would see kids coming into my gym, you know, maybe you know, with a bruise or with with, with artery eyes, and, and giving me, a, you know, telling me that it's hard for them to go to school because they get picked on or they get bullied. And in a few short weeks, they totally transform their life. To now they now they're comfortable through a martial art. Now they talk more. Now they're more uh, engaging. They're not they're not so uh, um, in their shell. They're able to express themselves. So similarly, um, in business, you know, a lot of people are off-put uh, to make sales, to make calls. Um, so I think being a coach of real estate business has helped me um, expand upon the need that I that I missed from martial arts since I you know I sold the gym, and it helped me to get creative with people and help them, you know, get out of their shell. And then on top of that, when I found out about social housing, and I found out that veterans needed homes, you know, people maybe they grew up in an environment that wasn't like determined that they were going to be super successful, but they're trying, and and people like me and Joe can go out there and connect the dots and do our part to help them uh, pull themselves out, um, and, and and you know, be a helping hand, you know, you know, and and be there for your brother and be there for your sister, and not just look down on them, but create a a system of of reliability and create something that other people won't to help people um, that other people won't and and, and to uplift your own community. Because I I think the most powerful thing that somebody can do is try to uplift themselves and uplift the person next to them. So I think social housing has really helped us do that. And I think it takes people such as myself, Joe, you, Brent, um, to be able to be an entrepreneur and, and an investor and, and come out and do these things because we know the government is in, in inefficient and doing a lot of these things. And it takes people that are creative like us, like-minded that can network and work together to to help society uh, uh, steer more towards the right path. So I think social housing is definitely um, the answer. I mean, and like Joe said, it's not for everyone because there is an emotional toll. Um, there is a creative toll. You do have to um, um, put in long hours, me, Joe, and Brent put in long hours almost every single day. So it's, it's definitely not easy, but uh, the reward that you see when the family says, oh, I get my son back or I get my daughter back, you know, it makes it all worth it.
0: Wow. What are you doing inside these houses to cause for such transformation? How have you structured this process of transformation? What resources are you providing people? Do you go into that component? Yeah, it's
2: it's a little bit difficult to say because each house is so different. Um, you know, it's going to be varied by case by case. But but generally, you know, it's a good ecosystem of of everybody's able to rely on each other. That everybody's working towards advancing towards a, a goal of whether it be sobriety or or you know veterans assistance or whatever it is. Everyone's working together to go towards a goal of of getting out of whatever dark place they might have been in going on with the rest of their lives you know facing those demons getting rid of them and being able to move forward um joe joe has been in, in incredibly busy on that end uh, with the different types of um entities that he's been working with so so i'll let him take it
1: over yeah we create a structured environment where they're able to become self-sustaining get back on their feet and so they don't uh, become too dependent a system you know so when we receive them in terms of our sober living then they've come out of rehab they've detoxed but they still need a structured environment or else they they can relapse you know and we deal with uh, government and nonprofits as well to provide support services so whether they're looking for job placement job training they need to go to a, a church nearby they need legal services um, so a whole variety of things. Whatever they need, we we will provide for them. We can't do it for them, but we can point them in that direction.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, that sounds great. And then how are you? I really like how Ernesto put it, how he talked about it it's gotta take more than just the government to take action on this. It takes creative, young entrepreneurs that want to hustle and want to put the pieces together and want to bring like minds together to mastermind on how to solve a problem that's existed for so long and is so chronic in our society. And we haven't really figured out a true sustainable solution for it. Um, And so my question is like, how are you partnering with organizations and nonprofits on your sober living homes to kind of maximize the impact?
1: Well, we really ask them what's, what's the need in this area? You know, so when we go and acquire a property, the need is going to be different, hmm. different amount of population, you know, just different issues going on. It, it all varies. And so we have to listen to that. And then we have to adjust accordingly. Yeah,
2: we have to pull out, we have to pull out resources. Like, let's say, for example, um, you know, we have a property, that, let's say, in, in northern Los Angeles, let's just say, for, for, for namesake, a city called Lancaster, right? Let's just say we go to Lancaster. And there's a city there, and they may they may have a, a a men's drug problem or a reentry from jail problem. So we're able to we have to do a lot of research, and we have to find out who we need to talk to, you know, establish those relationships, and then see uh, what opportunities are there to network with people. And it's a lot of groundwork, a lot of phone calls, a lot of handshaking, a lot of, um, um you know, building those networks and building those relationships, so then ultimately. You know, we can make these people succeed inside the house. They have the best opportunity, no matter what. You know, listening to the the, the failings of other homes that may not have have succeeded, or, or like Joe like Joe was saying, people are getting greedy. Uh, listening to the to the owners of successful homes that have had a track record of success. You know, so gathering all that knowledge helps us best make the best business model and the best business plan for the properties that we acquire.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's not just like you put yourself in a position where you know everything and you're going to like put your system on, on somebody. It's about learning, you know, that what's going on at the grassroots level. Um, And there's people that, you know, have dedicated their lives in this. And maybe they're not business savvy the way you guys are. They're working for, you know, $30,000 a year nonprofit wage, but they're spending 70 hours a week pounding the pavement, like talking to these people, reading, you know, researching. These are people that, you know, we need to, we need to draw knowledge out of them. So it's really good that, that you're doing that kind of thing.
2: That, that's that's one of the things to go back and highlight what Joe was saying, you know, real estate is a team, you know, you can't really do real estate on your own. I mean, if you look at all the best, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, he has his Rich Dad advisors, you know. Um, you know, Grant Cardone, he has a whole bunch of people that he sits with and he network with, networks with and he gathers properties from, um, you know, people like, there's just, it's a team, you know, people have to be knowledgeable and how to sell. Some people are not good at sales. Some people are not good at networking. Some people are not good at spreadsheets, you know? So, some, so if you need to put a team together to help you strive and help you fill in the gaps of what you might be missing, that's one of the things you need to run in business and in real estate.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I want to echo that for sure. The way I was able to like put a team together was kind of by necessity. I, we had bought our first house to flip um, in New Mexico. I didn't live in New Mexico. I just went on an investing trip there. And then I find myself moving back to Thailand and getting married and staying here while we wait for her visa stuff. And that, that could have been a nightmare for me to be the only one managing a flip house from 7,000 miles away. But I, I just put it out there that I need to find somebody that can help me with this stuff. And I went to a, a rich dad, poor dad, you know, elite legacy symposium. And that's how I found my business partner. And then I had a mentorship. And that's how I found my other business partner who happens to be my brother now. Um, And now we're running a real business. We have meetings, we have structure, we have partnerships with other businesses. I definitely want to like echo how important that is. Thank you so much for listening to part one of this interview with Ernesto Gerardo and Joe Lamb on providing safe, drug-free and structured housing for people in recovery. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Joe and Ernesto talking about how to elevate your purpose and impact through successfully navigating business partnerships and adopting the mindset of being the action hero of your own movie. We'll see you then.